Hello and welcome to Based on a True Story. That phrase, based on a true story, it's one we're all familiar with and usually we see it accompanying serious stories like Titanic and Apollo 13. And there's a time for that. But today is not that time. On today's episode, we're going to learn more about the true story behind one of 2018's funniest movies, Tag. It's not every day that a straight-up comedy is based on a true story. Maybe that's why I've gotten so many requests to cover the movie. But if we're going to learn more about the real story, the best way to do that is from the real team behind the game. That's why I'm excited to be joined today by two of the Tag Brothers, Patrick Schulteis and Joe Tomberry. Now, before we get Patrick and Joe on the line, let's set up our game here on the podcast. And if you've listened to Based on a True Story before, you know what I'm talking about. Two truths and a lie. If this is your first time listening, here's how it works. I'm about to say three things. Two of them are truth, which means one of them is a lie. Now, you ready? Okay, here they are. Number one, the zag tag and the hag tag are nicknames for two real tags the guys have made. Number two, one of the guys was tagged at his wedding. Number three, no one has gone the entire duration of the game without being tagged. Got him? Okay, now as you're listening to our conversation today, your challenge is to find the two facts scattered somewhere throughout the episode And then by a simple process of elimination, you'll be able to find out which one is the lie. And of course, we'll do a recap at the end of the episode to see how well you did. All right, now it's time to get Patrick and Joe on the line to chat about their decades-long game that inspired the movie Tag. Let's kick this off with first impressions. What your guy's first impression was of the movie Tag when you first saw it. Patrick, maybe let's start with you. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So the first time I saw it was at a, uh, a media premiere in Seattle uh, about a week before the, the real premiere in Los Angeles. And, uh, and so I did not know what to expect. I did not know what the story was. I did not. I, mean, I, I knew... I knew that it was somehow based upon a bunch of idiots who played tag, um, but I didn't know anything other than that. And I thought it was, my first impression was that it was hilarious, that the style of humor was perfectly appropriate for to capture the, the guys who really play the game in real life. And uh, I thought it was a, a fun movie. Joe? I like Patrick. I had no idea what to expect. My first time to see it was at the premiere. And I laughed out loud, and I, I thought it was very funny as well. I think when you first see it, it's also a little weird because you're a little bit, I mean, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how are all these people going to view this about us? And, and maybe I was more concerned about the family and the older people in our lives. <laughs> yeah, good point. A That's a great about, point. Right? I mean, you're kind of, you don't go in watching that movie like you just go watch a movie. Because it's based on you and you know other people are going to watch it. But, I mean, the thing is, and there's something, we didn't control any of it, really. 
uh, once you give your rights over. But I think they totally captured us. I mean, we talk potty mouth to each other all the time. I mean, they captured the essence of how the game is played, guys getting together, uh, having drinks at a bar, planning things, and trying to go do stuff, you know, to scam. I mean, that's the whole point of the game. So I think they really captured us. It's just, uh, I think that was the one thing that I had worried about, but it is what it is. Well, to that that effect, to that end, I mean, after the premiere in Los Angeles, they had a separate premiere in Spokane, and I had invited my mother my 80-year-old mother, to attend that with me. Uh, And my mother has been known to walk out of movie theaters if the language is too bad. She does not like profanity or anything like that. And so I had, after I saw the movie, I called my mother and I said, Mom, you know, I need to warn you. I'd still like you to come see this movie at the Spokane premiere with me in a couple weeks, but I need to warn you that there is bad language in this movie and that if you, if you come with me, you cannot get up and walk out. Uh, and, uh, and she laughed and she said, I promise not to get up and walk out. And she did not get up and walk out. Well, I was, I was going to say in the, in the movie, you, there's six people playing the game in the movie, but at the end, five. Uh, there's five. I thought there was uh, yeah. Ho- Hogan, Reggie, Bob, Randy, Kevin, and Jerry, or maybe I was, or maybe one of them wasn't really playing. Kevin wasn't really playing. Okay. Okay. Well, but then at the end, you can see in the credits, there's a picture of, of 10 of you. So did you you see yourself in as kind of composites or was there kind of a one-to-one or did they try to just trying to capture the essence overall? Well, I was definitely the, uh, the Jerry character because I am the best damn tag player going. I'm really hard to tag <laughs> and, uh, and these guys have been trying to, uh, trying to tag me for years. I say that with tongue firmly in cheek because I'm it right now. For three decades, you're, you're skipping ahead. That's going to be one of my questions about. about <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think they did really a, a good um, amalgamation of all of us, right? Without having ten, and they did five of us. Uh, sure, Patrick is probably like Renner, the hardest one to uh, to tag. Mostly at the end of the month, you know, people are more apt to get it early in the month when they still have time. But when it comes down to actually finishing without being it, Patrick's definitely like Renner. So, and I don't know, maybe I was more like um, Ed Helms' character. Although I would not characterize my wife as being that aggressive towards the game <laughs> as Ed Helms, as uh, Isla Fisher was. <laughs> she was awesome. When well, in the movie, it does last the entire month of May, but it's actually... February, correct? Is but it does last the entire month. Can you kind of set up the the outline of uh, what the real rules of the game were? Want me to take that one, Joey? Yeah, go, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote the contract, and it's uh, there are essentially three rules: February only. So it starts uh, at twelve oh one midnight on February first, and it goes until eleven fifty nine midnight on uh, February twenty eighth or twenty ninth at the Coliseum. Uh, so, uh, and whoever is it at the end of the month is it for the next 11 months. So that's rule number one. Rule number two is no touchback. So if I tag Joey, Joey cannot tag me back. Now he can go tag any of the other uh, eight guys, and then they can tag me again. But Joey cannot tag me directly back if I tag him. And then the third rule is the rule of honesty. And that is, if I ask Joe, are you it? He has to answer truthfully and promptly. And if he does does not, if he lies or if he doesn't answer promptly, then
then he cannot tag you. So that's the, uh, uh, those are the only three rules. Okay, so did you ever find yourself in situations like in the movie where it's you have three or more of you in the same place and you're not really tagging back, but you're just kind of going around in a circle? <laughs> that happened, absolutely. Yeah, that was that a really good a lot, but it happened in the movie, yeah. So why, why February? Was there something specific about that month you just, you just, or just kind of randomly picked it? <laughs> well, we did have, uh, we, we did have one special uh, thing for the leap years, but that kind of died out. But we, um, it, it, February just seemed like it was a dead month, as I recall having the discussion early on, like in 90 or whenever that was. Uh, we had a boys weekend in Seattle when I believe it was Brian who brought it up and said, why don't we do this? And February is kind of a dead month. It's not a huge vacation month or things like that. So I think that's kind of why we chose February. And it's great. I mean, it is perfect. Yeah. The weather's just turning, especially now up here. I mean, we, the game gets way more active when there are more guys that are in proximity. And so since now everybody's mostly in Washington, uh, it's not much to go back and forth across the state. And usually February is very doable drive-wise. So, you know, you don't have to fly over either. So, yeah, it's just been a great month actually for it. You mentioned, uh, Patrick, the the Jerry character. What's the longest period of time that someone has gone without being it? Do you kind of team up on, on them? Oh, yeah. So Chris Amon, who we refer to as Lepus, he lived in Boston for, you know, let's say from the late 80s till the mid 2000s or early 2000s. And he lived in Portland for a few years. And then only in the late 2000s did he move to the uh, Seattle area. Uh, during the entire time he lived in Boston and Portland, he, got, he never got tagged. Now, part of it was because nobody else lived in Boston or Portland. Now, people went out to try to tag him. Mikey K once broke into my house at four in the morning one time in the middle of February when I was dead. He woke me up. I tagged him. He drove to the airport, flew to Boston to try to tag Lepus. But Lepus tur- turned out Lepus was out of town. So for the first, I, I don't know the exact number, Joe. I can't remember. I think it's like 15 years we played. Lepus never got tagged. No. But, but not because he was so great at at evading tag, just that he was so far away. Only once or twice did anybody go after him. But I, yeah. uh, but 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 Joe tagged me. His Christy was in a soccer tournament in Seattle and uh, or in the Seattle area. One, I think it was 05 or 06, Joe. But uh, and you came over and you tagged me, and I said I'm getting Leapin because Leapin had never been tagged, and uh, and so I conspired with Mikey K. Uh, to set up a fake meeting between Mike and uh, and Lepus for coffee, and so Mike Mike asked Lepus, "Hey, you want to go meet for coffee at some place in Seattle uh, one day?" Lepus could ask Mike, "Are you it?" And Mike says, "No, I'm not it," and that was truthful. Um, but Mike was nowhere near Seattle that day. Mike was in Spokane or Los Angeles or wherever he happened to be. <laughs> uh, but he told me yeah. that he was planning on meeting Lepus. And so I let Lepus get there a little bit early. He was in a coffee shop in Seattle. And I walked in, and he was hemmed in. He was, he was trapped. And so I tagged him. It was a pretty easy setup. And he was it. It almost seems like a loophole where it, you know, he's not really it. So he's saying it honestly. But then... It, it's not a loophole. It's a fundamental part of the game. It's a fundamental, it's a fundamental part. Yeah. Well, and, and to, to the thing about trying to reach out, I was like, Mike, you want me to try to set up the tag, find out where Chris is, you know? Cause I knew Mike was going to go back and make, try to make the tag on Chris. I mean, just, just 
bad luck, Chris and his, and his girlfriend went to New York City to see some you know high school friends that weekend. So sometimes you go out on your own and you're going to make that huge surprise thing. And, and also, there's a lot of times when we will collude to get to, like, I'll work with Patrick on a tag or something like that. And then the person that, and Patrick turns around and lets the person know that I'm going the target I'm going to tag. And so then the tag doesn't happen. So there's, there's some of that risk also, because we backstab each other, you know, right and left. So I think Mike wanted the pure element of surprise and just got unlucky with, with the one with Chris, but that's how the game is done. I mean, still, I may go to Seattle and try and get Patrick, which I did. I had some idea that he might be at home. And so, but turns out he wasn't. So without that extra, you know, you put yourself out there to get that extra intelligence to try to make sure you're going to make a good tag. But at the same time, the person you're working with always will turn against you and, uh, <laughs> and you're still left holding, holding the bag, so to speak. You mentioned uh, Isla Fisher's character. Do your significant others, do they join in and, and help uh, collaborate? <laughs> Some are better than others, Dad. Some are better than others. Like, you know, there's a few that you can go to. You cannot go to Patrick's wife. She will not turn him over. But, like, Bill's wife or I don't think too many people contact Joanne, but my wife. But, um Certainly Chris's wife is all in and we've tried, you know, communicate many times. So Bruiser's wife. Yeah. Most of, most of our wives are okay to turn them over. They, they think it's the, a good Jackie's thing the for their husbands. Yeah. yeah they're so, the best. But, so Mike, Mike, Mikey's yeah. wife, Mikey K's wife, Jackie is the best at it. Anytime she will turn him in at the drop of a hat. But, 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 but in her case, it makes sense because beef Joe Cafaro is her cousin. So she's known beef since she was born. She went to grade school with Joey, Joey Tomberry here. Uh, and so she's known a lot of the guys here longer than she's known her own husband. So it only makes sense that uh, she would turn her husband over to these guys. That's the best. That's the best, Dan. That's the whole thing. When you get, when you get everybody involved, and now we got kids involved, man, it's so good. So fun. It's so fun for everybody. Uh, they all want to be a part, which is great. The weather is getting nicer, which means now is the perfect time to plan ahead for summer fun. Personally, I'm hoping to be able to visit my family this summer, and that means booking flights as soon as possible before the prices go up. And now you can help ensure your money is there when you need it with today's sponsor, Earn In. Just download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and watch your earnings tick up as you work. Access up to $100 a day and up to $750 per pay period so you can start making your summer plans now. It's free and easy to get started. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in True Story under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. True Story under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Thanks, Earn In. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So are they actually, can they be tagged and be it? It's just collaboration. Well, they collaborate. Joe's, yeah, collaboration. Joe's daughter, Joe's daughter has, has helped him on tags. My stepson has turned me in to, uh, you know, to beef and bruiser to, so that they could tag me when I was meeting my stepson for lunch. It's just, you know, they're, 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 they, they participate. They cannot be tagged, but they collaborate. Yeah, absolutely. And our, they're really great at it. It's fun. I mean, there are other times, like I went to get Chris and I stood, it was the start of the month after this last year or two, the year of, it was the year of the tag movie came out and I was outside his house in his neighborhood, you know, for five hours and he knew something was up and she was actually cleaning a little bit because, you know, I showed up making cookies and he was tipped off that I was around. And so it ended up being a failed tag. But I mean, she's like working with me. He went running. This is where he's at. And then I was trying to make the right opportunity to get him. But sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> well, one of the big plot points in the movie is kind of centered around the wedding. Have there been any uh, kind of big life moments like that, like a wedding or something like that, where it happens to fall? In the month of February, well, Patrick, probably no, your dad. Your dad's funeral, yeah, is probably the yeah, one, right? There's, there's, yeah, that's exactly right. There's been, there, there, I don't know, recall any wedding, and certainly no, no tags at childbirth. But my dad passed away in February of uh, 2013, it shortly after the Wall Street Journal article came out. And in fact, the last time I talked to my dad, uh, he, we, he and I were la- was on the telephone. He and I were laughing about how stupid it was that anybody would care that these 10 middle-aged idiots from Spokane play tag and, and, and there's been this big, you know, hoopla about it uh, from the Wall Street Journal and other media sources. So, my, but, but my dad, the, the guys all loved my dad and uh, he loved the guys. And so I think um, nine out of the 10 of us were at my dad's funeral and uh, Beef tagged me at my dad's funeral. Uh, at St. Aloysius Church in Spokane, there were hundreds of people there. I had given a eulogy. My dad was a judge in Spokane. And, uh, and I'd given a eulogy, so I was sitting up in the front row of uh, the Catholic Mass, and during communion, the guys were coming up and patting me on the shoulder and so forth, and Beast patted me on the shoulder and said, you're it. Looked at him, and he let, nodded and said, yep, you're it. So I got tagged at my dad's funeral, just like Ed Helms did uh, in the movie. Well, in the movie, they signed uh, like a truce amendment. Have you ever done that sort of thing? There's an ability to amend it, but it has never been amended. We've called truces before. Guys will informally agree to truces, um, but there's never been an amendment. Nothing officially written up. No, no, no. Like think no, but like things will happen. So one of the one of the best tags that we ever pulled off involved like five guys or six of us. I was at a Gonzaga basketball game. And it was nationally televised against BYU on the last day of the month. And so people, we were able to get people tickets. One guy, Patrick, found out Brian was going to be there. And he was had seats way down low. Anyway, this big elaborate thing. We get mangered into a dog costume. It's not the Zag costume. It's our, because where we teach is a bullpup. So he's in a bullpup costume. Makes his way down and he tags him and hands him a piece of paper. It says, you're it. Because nobody could hear. And so anyway... Very fun times. And so 
they watched for a little while. And then we met up at a bar up by uh, where Beast Mom is and it's close to where Mangle is. And, um, I, and so I had planned with Ake. I said, look, we got we to gotta humble him after all this. So Ake was at the game also. And he reaches out to Dennehy and gets the tag from Dennehy and then meets us. He goes up to the bar and he's on the other side of the bar. So Mang can't see him. We're talking and it's about 11 o'clock and Mang goes to the bathroom. I'm like, beef, we got to leave right now. This is our chance. So we left, we leave the building, get out, locked ourselves in my truck. And as soon as Mang comes out of the, the bathroom, he's like, Hank says, oh, hi, Mang. You know, and Mang says, oh, hi, Bill. And then he looks over at the table and we're gone. And then Billy tags him and says, you're it. So we gentlemanly said, look, okay, we can wait here for 40 minutes and then have a beer at midnight when you're done. Or you can, you know, just give in and just assume you're it and we'll come back in and talk about it. So we've made an agreement like that, that kind of thing on the fly, but nothing ever written down. That leads me into another aspect of it. And in the movie, there's Jerry's fiance fakes, uh, <laughs> fakes a miscarriage, uh, something like that, <laughs> that ex- extreme on that. Have you ever gone to that level? <laughs> I don't know, Patrick. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, not, not, yeah, that, I mean, that's clearly, I mean, I'm, I, that's edgy, right? Cause a lot of people could be offended by that whole thing. Right. And that is edgy, but I thought they did that as tastefully as they could have. Uh, with that situation and how intense she was about playing the game, which was, was really cool. I mean, it was funny. It was a great storyline. Uh, I don't know that I've gone to that extreme, but certainly that kind of measure is not out of the realm of the ideas we, we come up with. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll say nobody's faked a miscarriage, but in the context of the way we play the game and so forth, that didn't strike me as out of the realm of over as over the top or out of the realm of possibility at all. In fact, I, when, when that happened in the movie, I kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, yeah, that seems about right. And I was actually surprised when I read online, you know, I heard, saw some of the comments and so forth that that was a little bit over the top. They pushed it too hard and so forth. I thought, Oh geez, they better not see what we do in real life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And, and to be fair, I mean, if if I had said at my dad's funeral, you know, please guys don't tag me at my dad's funeral, I'm sure the guys would have honored that. Yeah. But I'd never said that, and it did not trouble me one bit that beef tagged me at my dad's funeral. I thought it was perfectly appropriate. Uh, my dad was a joker. My dad was a judge who did beef's wedding, and uh, he was cracking wide during beef's wedding. Um, you know, whatever, 28 years ago or whenever it was, and so it, I viewed it as particular. It was not sacrilegious. It was not over the top. It was not a, a bridge too far. It was perfectly appropriate as far as I was concerned. And that's, you know, that's kind of the way I, I don't, I certainly don't take myself too seriously. And, and, and I think that's the same way it is with most of the, the guys who play. So those types of things I, are, are fair game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think, Dan, that goes back to the, the base rules of the game, right? So and in where its roots were in high school, we'd be standing in the hall if we saw you coming uh, or if, if I saw Patrick coming to me and I would start myself running the other direction, I'd say, are you it? Be, and then where, where's the manliness and saying and lying and then making a tag. So I think, you know, you know, I'm saying so like being upfront, being gentlemanly about it, but that was, it also invites the 
collaboration, right? So that happens like in the phone call that Patrick said with Michael to get, to get Chris. So uh, we encourage collaboration in our rules and that kind of <laughs> scheming. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, in the Hazlitt article, which I'll include a link to that along with this as well, but there's a couple particular taggings that are mentioned by name, the, the trunk tag, the shower tag. And I'm curious, um, is that something that, you ever replicate or do you try to find a unique way to tag somebody or are you almost trying to come up with some sort of a, a story for each of them or is it whatever it takes to get the job done? Everybody's different. Everybody's different. So Beef yeah. loves costumes. He, uh, he's, he's put on a construction worker costume. He looks like one of the guys from, uh, uh, from uh, uh, what's, the, what's the disco group? YMCA. Uh, Village people. The village people. He looked like one of those guys. Um, he he was he was the source of that little old lady costume that Ed Helm wore in the uh, in the movie. That was almost to the shawl. Exactly what Beef did once to tag Bruiser. I mean, so Beef will go out of his way, and Joe Joe T has a lot of costumes, you know, wigs and fake mustaches and things like that that he uses as well. So some guys will do that, and they're really good at it, or really creative. Uh, you know, the best one there perhaps was the, the Zag tag that Joe uh, talked about earlier, wearing the Gonzaga Bullpups costume at a Gonzaga Bulldogs game to, uh, uh, to, to do a tag. Some of those are, are just great and creative and otherwise. You know, but as it gets towards the end of the month, I think people just want to get rid of it because nobody wants to be in for the 11th month. And, uh, uh, and so... Uh, you know, the, you know, people could, you, you know, some people will use their 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 spe- uh, special modes, but uh, most people, at towards the end of the month, just want to get rid of it however they can. Yeah, I can imagine it gets more and more intense as the month goes by. Yeah, absolutely, it, it sure does. And maybe maybe back when the game started, February was a pretty dead month, but I imagine uh, all months of the year are, are pretty busy now. Do you ever get anything done at the last month of February? <laughs> That's well, a I'm tough thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to balance your life, right? I mean, everybody's got jobs. And, you know, I, I'm a lawyer. I'm in a client service business. It's hard for me to say to a client, I'm sorry, I can't come to that meeting because I'm playing tag, <laughs> right? That's not going to go. So certainly before the movie came out or before the Wall Street Journal article came out, that, could, that wouldn't have worked. I think I might be able to get away with it now, but I've never tried it. But so you got to live your life. But I got to tell you what, you know, I'm on high alert. That last, the last week of February, you know, I'm using the service elevator uh, and having one of my mailroom guys use the service elevator in my big tall building in Seattle to get me down without having to go through common areas to get me from my office to the to the garage. Uh, I'm doing all kinds of evasive techniques, and I could be doing that while the guy who's in is 300 miles away, right? But I'm gonna, I'm still yeah. doing it because you just never know. Lucas takes a different way to work and home every day. He totally mixes it up. He's got like you know, 15 different options and put the matrix together. And like, we were trying to find him. There was like, I, I was going to try and get him one day and I would have been there. I wasn't even close to where he ended up coming into work. So that happens. I mean, but some of us like Minkert out there with customers, we feel pretty good about avoiding some of that, you know, it's real good with trouble. But I mean, me, I'm teaching my room is wide open. Um, you know, it's, these boys know the principal. They know a lot of the teachers that I teach with. So, you know, it's, some of us are a little more fair game than others. That's actually, 
we we had this huge uh, spirit week thing that the, the kids had and beef and brew came over and i'm like trying to uh, the whole day was over and i was kind of in charge of the group and i'm calling them and i'm getting nothing so i knew something was up you just get a, that spider sense just tingling and so i go sit down it's kind of exhausted after cleaning up and i look over to my right about 40 feet 40 feet away and there they are coming in the door and, and it's like Friday night of the end of the month. So I just started sprinting, found a classroom, hid under this table for like 45 minutes, trying to figure it out. Beef was going around the school, trying to pay kids to figure out where I was, you know, bribe them. And um, it was a long, it was a long thing to try and get out of. So, I mean, you, you, I mean, on that day, you were like running totally scared. Anything you can do to avoid being it for the end is, is it like I said in the beginning of the month? You know, Patrick might have some guys over for dinner, and you know, whatever. And you're a lot more willing to take those kinds of risks early on. But in that last week, you don't want it because <laughs> it gets hard. Now we're old, right? So we all have lives, and it's hard to find somebody if they really want to hide for two days or twenty-four hours or whatever. It's it's hard. So is it normal for some people to just not be tagged at all? Or is it normal for everyone to be tagged at some point throughout the month? Well, that depends on the year. You know, there, there've been, there've been years where everybody's gotten tagged, you know, after the wall street journal article came out in 2013, I'd say that there were probably 30 tags that month and everybody got tagged that month. And there've been a couple months that have been kind of like that or a couple of years that have been kind of like that. But you know, I, I'd say this past year, there were probably, you know, five or six of the guys got tagged and the others did not. You know, it just kind of, it kind of depends on circumstances and who's it and uh, what's the weather like. And, you know, it's, you know, yeah. ache and did ache take a week vacation down to Mexico? And so he was out for a week and, and so forth. I mean, it, you know, it just kind of depends on things like that. So you purposely start planning your vacations in February now to get out? Yeah. Some guys do. That's yeah. Good. Brian usually... Yeah. Brian usually goes to Hawaii for a week in February. Ake has gone, I don't know if he did this year, Joe, or not, but Ake has certainly gone multiple years to Mexico mm-hmm. for a week. One year he told everybody he was going to Cabo, and instead he went to Mazatlan because he, you know, he was worried that somebody would fly down to Cabo and tag him, or vice versa. <laughs> he, maybe was, he told people he was in Mazatlan and he went to Cabo. I mean, you know, people do that all the time. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, some guys do that. But this year, like, for example, this year, there was a lot, there wasn't as much action early on. Billy was it. We came and we tagged, um, the snow tag up on the mountain. We got Kineski while we were skiing. And then, um, and then I didn't know what was going on because Mike was going to Seattle for business. And so I thought I was going to move. So he gets me at school. That was the first official tag at school. And that was a good one. It was totally funny. The kids loved it. I ended up running, knocking this girl over just to try to escape. It was, it was crazy. So, but then I was it. So then I, I, I used a personal day, drove over that Thursday and uh, Thursday night, tried to get Patrick. He wasn't home. Then I, I got beef. I went to stay at B's house. And uh, I, when he got home, I was hiding behind his fence and scared the hell out of him. But I didn't tag him because my other target was bruiser. And so I got the brew, but it turns out brew was heading back over to the east side over to Spokane area 
because his family's over here. And so I didn't really want the game just to stay all the way over with us. So I reached out to Chris, to Leapus, and said, Leap, look, here's the deal. Bruise it. You know, do you want to kind of meet with him or something? Maybe you should reach out to him. And that way they could keep it over there and get some other guys involved. So that, that kind of collaboration happens and it happened you know chris met with him before he left to come over here and uh, the game was over there and it ended up staying over there so that's that's how the game goes sometimes earlier you had mentioned that once you know you signed away the rights you weren't really involved that much but they still captured the essence of that did they did they ever consult you on any of the specifics of the tags i mean you mentioned the you know the costumes and oh, things absolutely. like that yeah yeah the the, the, the main writer mark stylin spent uh, a lot of time with us on the phone in person and so forth. Now, Mark actually went to our high school in Spokane. He was four or five years older than we were. Uh, I didn't know him, but uh, his brother was in my class and uh, his younger brother, you know, is still in Spokane and so forth. So Mark reached out to us multiple times while he was writing the, uh, the movie to, to, to get a sense of some of the real tags. In addition, you know, they had the, uh, you know, Mark, Mark saw, read the Wall Street Journal article, saw the ESPN feature and so forth, where we talked about these. So, so they, so, so they certainly got our input as to, you know, what, what the real life tags are like. Tags or avoidance of tags, because sometimes avoiding yeah. a tag is, is, is better than the tags themselves. Yeah, absolutely. We all had the opportunity to write. He wanted us to write as much. And so a few of us typed up all of the history we could and tags we had. And so he had that at his disposal as well. And then in these recent years, we've been filming things and doing stuff. And so they use some of that film. Like I, we were talking to the president of New Line and he was like, that hag tag has, to, we have to be better than that hag tag. And the lady, we went for reshoots down in March uh, where they were refilming some shots. And the lady, the costume designer lady came up and she was so excited, you know, to tell us how hard she worked on the pictures to make that quilted <laughs> shawl that he had on to be exactly the same. And uh, she was really, really very fired up about it. I don't even know if the shawl even exists anymore, right? But from pictures and stuff. So they did a really great job of really capturing our essence. And I think they studied all of our tags. They studied everything they could. And it, and it shows, like in the show, I think. At the end of the movie, one thing that really kind of stood out to me was, even though it, you know, it's a comedy, it was, it, was, it was great. I mean, hilarious all the way through, but it had a really great kind of moral to the story at the end where after 30 years, Jerry finally lets himself get tagged. Right. And so it's, it's, it's more than a game. And obviously this has you know, gone on for, for decades for you guys now. Do you think that's kind of a pretty good sentiment? Like it's, it's, it's helped you stay together, even though it's been decades and decades. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. We get together, you know, smaller groups of us. It's not that often that all 10 of us get together at the same time. The last time was last year at the, at the premiere, but that doesn't happen very often. But, you know, I'll reach out to the guys who live in the Seattle area a few times a year to play golf or to uh, get together for go to a Seattle Mariners game or just to come over and watch a basketball game at my house or, or, or a football game at my house. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, and, you know, yeah, I've known these guys. I've been friends with these guys for going on 40 years now. But, um, but, but one of the reasons we're still friends is because we play tag and we can fire. We, and not only 
you know, in February, but we will tell stories and laugh our cool heads off um, all year round about that stupid attempt at a tag that we did last year or the great escape that I made when Bruiser came to the airport to try to tag me or what have you. I mean, I, you know, those are the things that we just continue to laugh and have fun about, you know, years and years and years and even decades later. I mean, and then the advent of technology. I mean, I think we now have a running text line, group text line that, you know, maybe two weeks, it's all quiet. And then like uh, someone comes out and pops up and says something and, you know, and then everybody's involved back and forth, you know, for a few days and then, you know, goes quiet again, but then something else comes up in a couple of weeks, you know, and uh, so it, that's helped us really actually keep in close contact and, and actually get our funnies across uh, in addition to just getting together. But yeah, I think probably the most you would get is like five, six guys at a time, you know, groups of three or four, but it happens all year long. We, we, we do stuff together for sure. We've talked about some of the uh, different tags that have happened, but if you were to pick one favorite that you guys have done yourselves, what is your favorite tag that you've done? So I moved, I moved from the San Francisco Bay area to Seattle in, uh, the winter of 98. And I was with my, but my family stayed down in the Bay area until the boys finished school. And so I was doing one weekend here, one weekend there. Um, I, I had not been hit at the end of, uh, at the end of the month since the very first year that we played, which was 1990. So we're talking February of 99 now. Mikey K came in and tagged me at my office. Um, gosh, let's say it was the 26th or 27th, something like that. Uh, I was turning around and flying down to the Bay Area to spend the, the weekend with my family. Uh, and so I thought I was stuck. I thought I was going to be it at the end of the month. I was flying back on Friday, on Sunday night. That was the 28th. So I got in at around 7 o'clock and I thought, you know, the bruiser lives somewhere in you know, the suburb south of Seattle, not too far from the airport. But I don't have his address. I don't, you know, I don't even have a phone number for him, but I'll bet one of the other guys did. Uh, so I started calling, and this was before we had, you know, smartphones. So I was on my cell phone, and I called Beef, and I called Joey T, and I said, hey, do you have any idea where the bruiser lives? And, uh, and Joey T kind of didn't know his address. Nobody knew his address, but Joey T kind of had an idea of where he what lived. Um, there's his main road that goes from A to B, and I think he lives in an apartment building near that main road or, or on that main road. And so I'm driving, I see an apartment building, and I pulled in, and I said, okay, it's called something or other. And he said, yeah, that sounds right. I said, um, what kind of car does the Bruiser drive? Because I saw, I don't know, it was a Honda or a Toyota or something with Washington State Cougars uh, license plate holder. And... The Bruiser is a huge Washington State Cougar fan. His dad went there. He went there. And so, I, so you know, it was a gray Honda, let's say, uh, with a Washington State Cougars thing. And they'll say, yeah, that sounds right. That's probably his. So, but there was multiple apartments here. And so I just, I just decided, okay, I bet it's the apartment that, where this car is parked outside of. Now, it could have been any number of apartments, but I knocked on that door and I heard a, who is it? And I had a hat on and a raincoat with the, uh, the, the collar turned up. But I said, hey, man, my car needs a jump. Can you, uh, uh, any chance I can borrow some <laughs> jumper cables? And he, yeah. said, he said, hey, well, yeah, okay, hold on just a minute. And, uh, and uh, no, I hadn't talked to the, I didn't, you know, I hadn't talked to the bruiser in probably a couple of years at this point because we weren't doing text messages and so forth. And as far as I knew, he didn't even know if I, that I lived in the Seattle area. 
because I just moved up there a couple months before. And, uh, and so he opened the door and I got lucky. It was him and I busted in and tagged him. And, uh, and so I, I mean, it was pure luck because nobody knew his address. It was just kind of these vague descriptions, but I got super lucky. And so I, I was able to put off being in at the end of the month uh, for several years at that point. That's too funny. And I remember the story, like he was very resistant, did not want to come out. He was very resistant about that. Patrick had to ask him yeah, multiple yeah. times, come on, man, there's yeah. nobody else. Come on, man, you got to help me out. You yeah, exactly. I tried your neighbor. You know, I tried your neighbors. There's nobody home. I need a jump. What's wrong with you? Don't be a jerk. You know? Still wasn't trusting. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. So, but, but let's also note that this is, comes from the guy who there's a car that somebody has a flat tire in Patrick's parking lot down there around this time frame, maybe a little couple years before. And no way. Patrick's like, I'm not going out of my office. That's somebody who could tag me. You know, they did some help yeah. and he wasn't going to offer it to him. <laughs> yeah, one of my partners, one of so. my partners, my law partners called me and said, Hey man, I need a, I, I got a flat tire. Can you come give me a ride to, or whatever? I said, hell no, you're, you're, if you and Joey T are conspiring to tag me, it's February 28th, I ain't coming out of my office. And so he had to find somebody else to help him change his tire. And it turned out he was not conspiring with Joe. So. <laughs> he actually just needed help. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Exactly so funny. I don't know if I, there's so many, I love all these tags, so many. One that, that uh, I remember, my buddy Mang, not really, a, not really a tag that I made, but, uh, but Mang got me. So back when I was an engineer, uh, test engineer, uh, I mean, I would hole up like Patrick would. I would just go to work because you had to have a key card to get in. I felt pretty secure uh, down in California. Well, the same thing uh, when I was working at Keytronic up here in Spokane. So it is the 11th hour and the last night, and I did not – my office is down in the basement of the building, and I didn't know that security was uh, actually there uh, that night. And, uh, or working evenings. Right. So man comes up and he knocks on the door and convinces the guy to open the door for him. And he makes his way down. The guy shows him all the way down. He doesn't know this guy from anybody. He could have no security at all. He walks Mang all the way down to my office. And I'm like, and I'm in this, I'm at the end of a hallway. There's no way for me to run. Mang makes the tag at 11, 35, you know, and the last day of the month, but I'll never forget that, that clown who turned me over, you know, cause Ming, Ming, <laughs> Ming got me good. That was so bad. I would have had Ming him fired. If that happened in my house, I, I would have had that guy fired. Patrick rolled. <laughs> but that was, a, that was an awesome, it was an awesome day. He didn't even realize what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. So many. That's the thing. Everybody in my office. So I'm, I'm a lawyer. I've got an office here in Seattle with about 65 lawyers and but everybody knows about the game. They know about the uh, that in February people might be coming around my office to try to uh, to try to uh, uh, tag me. The, the good news is that I'm the boss, and I've threatened to fire <laughs> anybody who helps uh, who helps uh, helps people try to tag me. The Bruiser's brother-in-law works with me. He's one of my partners, uh, and I, I I'm pretty confident that he's that that he's given the Bruiser my. Uh, my calendar information from time to time in the past, but uh, it has never resulted in me getting tagged. So uh, he's, he's still got a job. No. And Patrick, when we lived in, when we first started the game back up, Dan, we, there was five of us living in the Bay area and we were doing a lot of stuff. We were young. So we were doing a lot of, spend a lot of time together. In fact, every Thursday, Patrick and I would get together and watch Seinfeld when it first came out. 
but um so but i knew patrick's administrator uh office administrator she moved karen, out of Seattle yeah. with him yeah karen and known her for quite a while so a couple of years ago i finally decided i'm gonna try and get patrick you know and so i call around get some stuff i get her number so i call her up and she answers the phone i'm like hey karen it's joe it's joey t you know and she goes are you asking me to turn patrick over and i said well she was so quick about it right away it was she knew right and uh and we had gone back i think like karen and i I mean, we had 25 years fired when you were like down. That. Yeah, a long time. And I said, well, uh, yeah. And she just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Flat out hung up. And I, and I tried to call back. It went automatic to voicemail. She was having none of it. And so, you know, that's just, that's his allegiance is that we have, that's why Patrick is the renter person because he's hard to get. <laughs> he's surrounded by a wall. <laughs> I, uh, my, my receptionist, in contrast to Joe's, former lame security guy. My receptionist has a taser during the month of February. So if anybody tries to <laughs> rush past to get to me, she'll take, she'll take him down. <laughs> oh, too funny. Wow. You got everybody running interference for you. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, just it, means, it, I, it means I'm a good totally boss. Fun. It means I'm a good boss because they're willing to do that. Everybody knows about the game, but when they first heard about it what was what is, what is people's first reaction when yeah at first before before the wall street journal article came out when people found out about you know it wasn't like i went around and told a lot of people about this because it's you know it just sounds so stupid right um uh, so you know yeah my secretary knew and my uh, office manager knew and a few people knew but but it wasn't you know not, i would say not a lot of my colleagues knew generally speaking and certainly my clients didn't know um, but then this Wall Street Journal article came out and, you know, my picture is in the Wall Street Journal, right? And, you know, I'm a corporate lawyer. I do mergers and IPOs and things like that. So my clients are reading the Wall Street Journal. And so I start getting phone calls, you know, uh, what is this? You play tag? That's hilarious. That's really cool. And, uh, uh, and you know, I, it was a really positive, you know, anybody who reached out to me was very positive about this. Um, saying that's really cool that you guys do. And I... I was a little bit chagrined. I was like, you know, you know, yeah, I guess it's kind of cool. Like, from my perspective, it's just, you know, it's just something I do, right? I've been doing it for a long time, and I continue to do it. What's the big deal? But you know, people thought it was thought it was really cool. Yeah, and I had, you know, it's funny. Kids with former students of mine. I mean, we were I, every February. I would talk about tag, you know. And and what I would do if someone showed up, you know, in the classroom, so they wouldn't be surprised, you know, kind of thing. And uh, so when the movie came out, I had, you know, a bunch of former students said, "Ah, oh, I saw the movie. I remember you talking about it." And uh, so it was always great. It's always uh, it's always been there, right? It's always been there, and it's it, it's been a part of our lives. And they think it's they thought it was really cool. So I will say that uh, people were a little bit. Uh uh, a little bit surprised to see a full frontal nude shot of me uh, come in, in the movie uh, coming out of the shower uh, that, that yeah. Joe filmed um, when he tagged me in the shower. Uh, and then people were not really prepared for that, that, that that's something that they really never wanted to see. No, no. But that is one, that's also one of the, when you asked me about my favorite tags, that is one of them. Cause that we did that, or I did that a long time ago too, back when you lived in Palo Alto. So that was, uh, 
<laughs> that was totally real, man. And it, the thing about Patrick is he just doesn't care. Like he tagged me, he's gonna chase after me, you know, you know, tackle me or something, make me all, you know, get me all wet or something. You yeah, know, all wet. Yep. Yeah, something. Do you normally film the tags? We try to now, so everybody yeah, can see the, it. Since the article came out, we we have and we put them up on a YouTube yeah. site, and, and we sent a bunch of them to the, to the studio to. Uh, including the movie. That's not something we did at all before the, uh, uh, before the Wall Street Journal article came out, but it's something we've done. Not, not everything, yeah. not every single one. I was going to say, I would just add a whole new level of complexity to it. Yeah. Not every single one, but, uh, but, but, but a lot of them. Yeah. Anymore. We'll try to, and I mean, just depending on time, beef and I try to put together sometimes, uh, summary videos and, and now there's like, sometimes if people have time, we put down smack talk videos. There's West sides better than the East side kind of stuff. And, and, and it's just opportunity for us to get together and, you know, give each other a bad time and have some fun together and add to the game a little bit. I mean, cause look, Bruiser, for me to get bruises this year, he was the big target. Bing and I were like, bruises, like bring it. You know, we're talking about tagging him. He goes, bring it on, you know, it says a word, you know, in, in this group text. And we're like, Oh yeah. So, when he comes out of his house and I'm standing at the bottom of the stairs to the side, he can't see me. And I reach out and grab him, you know, at his foot. And, uh, I sure I, I didn't get his facial expression, but I'm sure he was kind of scared about what the heck's going on. <laughs> you know, there is a lot of trash. Talk. There is a ton of yeah, trash. Talk. For sure. For sure. And that inspires some of the motivation to get people. <laughs> and paint a target on themselves with the trash talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, it ain't trash talk if you can back it up, boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, if there was one thing you wish that they would done, had done differently in the movie, what would you say that would be? Well, they got a... They, <laughs> one thing. I mean, uh, so I can't tell you what it is, but, but they got a bad tag in there. They had oh, a... Really? If you watch carefully, there's a touchback in there. Uh, it's separated by several hours. I'm not going to tell you where it was because I told, uh, uh, I told uh, the Jeff Thompson and... Uh, to, uh, Todd Garner and Mark Stylin that I wouldn't, but, uh, but, but and it took me, I don't think it was until the fourth time I saw the movie that I noticed it, but there was a, uh, there was an, an illegal touchback in that movie that, uh, I guess it, that, that I would, uh, I would have had them do differently, uh, if, uh, if I were editing the movie. Has that ever ha- really happened where somebody broke the rules, whether inadvertently or otherwise? <laughs> Well, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be effective. So there was a time. There was a couple of years ago. Beef tagged uh, uh, the Bruiser late in oh on the last day of the month. I think it was the same day when they were trying to tag uh, tra- uh, go after Joey T in the school that Joe told a little bit earlier in the show. Um, Beef ended up tagging Bruiser that day, and yeah, you know, eleven months later, or you know, sometime in February, early the first tag of the month. Bruiser decided, Bruiser forgot that Beef had tagged him and, uh, and was waiting for him. Brief was coming back from Japan. He was on a business trip. And Bruiser was waiting for him at the airport to, to tag him. And Beef you know, got off the airplane and said, you, know, you can't tag me, dude. I tagged you last. And uh, so he was, Bruiser had just forgotten. Yeah, there's one tag where we got, Ake was going down to Portland and this was almost the first mascot tag. I had a former student who worked in the athletic department and was trying to get me approval because Ake was going to some alumni dinner. He's a University of Portland grad, a luncheon. And so a Beef and I 
meet BFIT and I drove the six hours to get down to Portland and, and, um, the AD wouldn't have the tag. I couldn't dress up like Wally the pilot, but so some things happened and we were trying to be flexible. So Billy wouldn't know and suspect. And, um, so it comes later on, we're going to meet him at his daughter's house. And Sarah has been so good about, she loves play the game. In fact, she's actually a little bit more of a schemer than, than, <laughs> than you would think. So, uh, beef and I get to this place in, in Portland and, and she lives in an apartment above this bar and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we better get down. And, uh, this is after being in Portland for like six hours trying to get him. And he ends up getting a parking spot right across the street. So we're, and, you know, and this time of, in this day and age, we're two dudes crouching around and not necessarily two good looking dudes crouching down behind a car. And there's people sitting at a table outside this bar and they're looking at us and they're kind of wondering if they should do something about it because it doesn't, it looks sketchy. And then, uh, and, and Billy's coming right across the street. He has no idea. And then, uh, I'm getting ready to go tag him and he's like, Hey, and he had it cause beef was still it. And so he had to tag me, but we almost totally forgot it. It was almost a Nolan Boyd tag. Cause you kind of get all into the whole, you know, making the whole thing happen and you kind of forget about some of the, that, that minor detail, which is a major detail and you have to be it to actually physically make the tag. Talking about sneaking behind the, the card. Have you ever gotten any legal trouble? Like anybody actually uh, called cops on you or anything like that? Not, not nothing yet. Not that not, I'm aware nothing of. yet that I know not of. Yet. Yeah. Not that I know yeah. of. Not yet. Yeah, in our current situation with the way things are going, and I wouldn't be surprised that it might not happen <laughs> soon, but um, just because, you know, people are all on heightened alert. But um, I've never heard of it either, Patrick, so. Have you thought about what's next? I mean, you guys have been playing the game for, for decades, and as we talked about earlier, I mean, we're, none of us are getting younger. Um, have you thought about maybe passing the game on? No, you know, anybody can start the game of tag. And I know that lots of people, different groups around the world have, have done that. And so, you know, we're, we're just a bunch of guys who play. And so, you know, we encourage anybody who wants to play tag to, to play it. You know, just go up on the Wall Street Journal's website. You can see a copy of the contract or reach out to me. I'll email it to you. You can do your own rules on, on the basis of that contract. But, uh, like, so anybody, anybody can do that. So passing it along to a new group of folks is... It's not something we've given a lot of thought to. What we have thought about, though, is what happens when we start to die off. You know, we're all in our mid-50s now. And, uh, and you know, there's a, you know, a decent chance that in the next 10 years, at least one of us will uh, kick the bucket. And, uh, and we don't have a provision for what happens if the guy who is it dies before he tags somebody else. It's no, there's no provision for that contract. So we've had... Uh, some informal dialogue about that and you know does it go back to the guy who tagged him or does you know something like that um it, it seems a, it's a little morbid and and kind of like writing your will you know you, you know, I, I delayed writing my will probably too long um although not the, longer than i should have though it wasn't operative too long because it's done now and i uh and i'm still alive but uh um but we have talked about that that's one thing that i think we we ought to do you know, hopefully I'll last uh, until I tie off this uh, this next February. But uh, um, but that's that's one thing that, that, that we ought to we ought to plan for. It's not been any discussion about expanding the game. I mean, our kids love to be involved, and 
be a part of our tags and help us. And I think the more we do that is, I mean, it's just fine. They all understand it's mostly about us 10 guys and it's all about, you know, us, but um, there has been no drive to go open the game up to get anybody else in. Um, it's really not a thing we're going to do, um, but it doesn't mean we won't involve people in the tags because they like just to be a part of it. Uh, and, and there's a lot of energy towards that. I mean, Mike's girls were so, he got home last year and I was hiding behind a wall dressed up like father Guido priest. And, and they went and, you know, they jump around the wall and they kind of surprised him when he gets from the airport and his wife picking him up. And then all of a sudden they're walking out and I come from the side, you know, to chase him down and tag him. So they were loving being a part of that whole thing. And, and his other daughter this year making the tag at prep. I mean, it was he talked to the principal, but she was, she let him know what was happening, that there was an assembly and things like that. So they love being involved. And I, I think the more that happens, the better, because the kids love it. But I don't know that we'll ever expand it. And I don't know, we probably, if I, if I was a gut say, I don't think we would modify the rules until we actually had to modify the rules and adjust at the time. We'll do a conference call or something. Well, I, I really appreciate your time. I want to respect your time, and I appreciate uh, getting on the phone and chat with me. I know it's, it's a comedy, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it, it it's an, it's inspirational. It's so easy to lose touch these days and get caught up in day-to-day, and I love that it's something as simple as a game of tag, and as, as you mentioned, anybody can do it, and anybody can, can help stay connected and, and remain good friends over years and years and years and, and distances you know across the country from boston to to seattle wherever wherever you may be well that's what it's all about right i mean it's uh you know from my perspective it's you know remaining in close contact with nine other really good guys that have an important part of my life we happen to play tag together but the, you know that's that the, the fact is the, the important part is that we get together and we share laughs i'm blessed to be able to do that with these other nine guys who are great guys and we have a hell of a good time together. Yeah, I think, you know, Patrick has said before many times, I mean, when when you go to create, what are we going to do this game to each other and write the contract or whatever? And, you know, a lot of people golf, a lot of people do different stuff, a lot of people ski, but not all 10 of us do all of those things. And, you know, Patrick has said, tag, there's, you can't have any excuse. You got to get in because anybody can play. And so, that's really been kind of our, our inspiration. So yeah, you know, it's been an awesome experience. I mean, I mean, there, there have been, we can't lie. There's been years where almost nothing happened. We're in the throes of raising kids and everybody's busy and we're all spread out. But, um, we, we happen to be at a time in our lives right now where we have time. And, uh, so the game is way more active and it's, and the movie either inspired us or it just happens to be at the same time. And more of us are around. So, uh, it's awesome right now. I mean, it's totally awesome. So you guys are already prepping for next year. Hell yes, I am. Well, <laughs> he did drop his guard this year. So you are it. So I'm sure he's, I am it. Plan. Yeah. I mean, I got sloppy. Okay. I got sloppy. Probably I mean, about so, uh, once, yeah, for me, once school gets back in session, I'll go over and visit my buddy Mang. He runs a machine shop here in town, and 
I'll go over and, you know, he'll be working on something and my engineering side of it, we'll talk about what he's working on. Then we'll start to come up with some ideas about some, you know, he's always, Meng's always on the creative side, trying to get that tag that no one's ever done, trying to do something. And so we'll spend a few hours starting in about October, getting ready for February. So, yeah, thanks again so much for your time. I really appreciate taking us through the game and, and being some inspiration as well. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Dan, for taking the time to keep our story alive. This episode of Based on a True Story was written and produced by me, Dan Lefebvre. Of course, for a conversation like today, that just means I got to come up with the questions and then edit the episode together afterward. All thanks go to my special guests today, Patrick Schultheis and Joe Tomberry. If you want to learn more about the Tag Brothers, there's the original Wall Street Journal article that started it all, as well as a great article on Hazlitt that I mentioned in the interview. Oh, and their YouTube channel where you can see some of the real taggings. I'll include links to all those on the page for this episode over at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. And while you're there, don't forget to request some of your own favorite movies that you'd like to see covered on a future episode. Okay, now it's time for the answer to our two truths and a lie game from the beginning of the episode. As a refresher, here are the two truths and one lie. Number one, the Zag Tag and the Hag Tag are nicknames for two real tags that the guys have made. Number two, one of the guys was tagged at his wedding. Number three, no one has gone the entire duration of the game without being tagged. Did you find out which one is a lie? Let's start with number one. That is true. The Zag Tag being the nickname for dressing up in a team mascot costume at the Gonzaga basketball game, and the Hag Tag being the tag that Ed Helms' character resembled in the movie when he put on the disguise of an elderly woman. Number two is the lie. Even though one of the major plot points in the movie revolves around the game at a wedding, that didn't happen. That means number three is also true. And again, even though the movie depicts Jeremy Renner's character, Jerry, as evading the tag for the entire duration of the game up to that point, that was a bit of a stretch from reality. And that brings us to an end of this episode. Until next time, thanks so much for listening, and I'll chat with you again really soon.